Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 27. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And verse twenty one, and, and we'll read down through verse twenty six. Actually, let's start at verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That's a, that's a very powerful scripture. There was no light shining from the sky. It was just total darkness and clouds. Amen. And they realized the situation that they were in. And the Bible says that all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Because you didn't listen to me. Somebody's turning me down. Should I forgive him? You're suffering the damage that you have now because you didn't listen to me. It's funny that he threw that in there. And it sounds like a parent. If you would have listened to me, that wouldn't happen. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am. Come on. You know, he on, they only stand by those that belong to him. And whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Amen. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Amen. Well, what's he saying? He's saying the reason, the reason all the other of the crew were going to be saved is because they were next to somebody who had purpose in their life. Amen. Paul might have been the only, well, he had one of his friends with him. He names him earlier in the story. But they were probably the only two on the ship that knew Jesus Christ. Amen. And because of their relationship with God and the word of God over their life, come on, it saved the whole crew, 276 people. Amen. I'm going to preach to you tonight on this subject, the value of a word. The value of a word. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord, and just ask him to speak to you right now. Come on, lift your voice.
Come on, lift your voice. I need you to speak to me. Open my mind, Lord. God, my heart is open to you. Give me the strength, God, to get what you have for me tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would utter your voice. I pray that there would be a prophetic anointing loosed in this house. Speak your word, Lord, I pray. Send your angels to stand by us and to minister unto the heirs of salvation. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I, I, typically, we are supposed to send our title and our scriptures to um, Sister Tori for um, building of the template that goes on the wall, but I couldn't decide what the title should be. Amen. I didn't even really uh, think about it until on my way here tonight. And, and so uh, after pondering and pondering and pondering, um, I feel like that it's appropriate um, to say the subject tonight is the value of a word. Amen. In Genesis, in the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that in the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. How many know God created the heaven and the earth? Amen. We don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. Amen. Uh, it doesn't say that when God spoke, there was a Big Bang. Amen. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. At the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Amen. For the first time in the history of time, God spoke. Amen. God said, come on, how many know when somebody said something, it comes out with an audible voice. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. And God saw that the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. When God began to speak, that which he spoke began to happen. Amen. It began to take place. Because when God's word goes forth, that which he speaks will come to pass. Come on. It has the ability to bring to pass everything that is spoken. But after it came to pass, God began to bring death definition to his word. He called that which was dark night, and he called that which was light day. Amen. I want to tell you today, when God speaks, it'll come to pass. Somebody say, it'll come to pass. And the evening and the morning were the first day, but God was not done. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. But God was done. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. I want to tell you today that the reason we have the earth and the fullness thereof and all of the complexity of the creation, it's because God began to speak. It's because God had a plan. And when he had a plan, he began to speak and set it in order. Amen. We have everything that we have today because God spoke. Amen. We are nothing without the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 3 says this, through faith we understand. We could just stop right there and preach. 
through faith we understand. Amen. Not through learning. Come on. Not through man's wisdom. Amen. Not, not through reading the, the, the newest book. Come on. But we, 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 we understand through faith. Amen. And what do we understand? We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. That when God spoke, everything that was in his mind when he spoke, the word that was released had the details in the word, and it was able to bring forth that which he spoke exactly the way that he had purposed it in his mind before he began to speak. Amen. We got to understand the power of God's word. When God's word goes forth, it is like a seed. Amen. How many know a seed's little? But everything that that seed will be, it's in the seed. Amen. And, and so that little seed is planted in the ground. And that which is inside the seed begins to come to fruition and take definition and pop out of the seed and come forth out of the ground and produce all that's in the seed. That's what the word of God's like. When the word of God goes forth, when he speaks it, the details are in the word. Amen. The details are attached to that which he's spoken. And you can guarantee that his word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which he sent it unto. It will do exactly what he said it would do. Amen. If you just look around you, look at the precision and the complexity that the earth is made of and all that dwells therein and it all just coexists together in in its own domain, according to the way that God has spoken it. Come on. According to the way that he has put it in place through his word. It did not just happen. It just did not just come to being. It was exactly the way that he spoke it into existence. The oceans can only go so far. Come on. They can only go so far, and there's a boundary there. What is the boundary? It is God. It is the word of God. It is that which he has put in place. Amen. Amen. Think about the forces of nature and everything that is. The way that rain is produced and it waters the earth. Come on. The way that, that, that it waters the earth and, and, and it begins to water all that which is growing. And the seeds fall off of the plants and they continue in operation and producing that which they are after their kind. Because when God's word starts, it there's no stopping point until he says this thing over. Come on. God's word will endure. The heavens and the earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Amen. God's word will stand the tests of time. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. If you got a word from God, hold on to it. It will withstand. It will endure. It will go forth. And it will be that which he sent it to be. Hmm. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. John says it this way. In the beginning was the Word. <laughs> and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. 
and without him was not anything made that was made. Rest assured, the word of God created us. It created this earth. It created all that's therein, and it will continue in operation until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords gives the command that time is done in Jesus' name. Whoo! Colossians 1, 15 through 18. Who is the image of God? Talking about Jesus Christ. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things. Somebody say all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. All things continue in operation because of the way he put it in place. I don't care if there are dominions or thrones or principalities or powers all things were created by him and are subject to the word of God. They are God and his word. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care the spirit that tries to rise up against you. All things are subject to God's word. Just speak the word. Just claim the word. Just trust the word. There's power in the word. Jesus said it this way, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. I am the beginning. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the first letter of the alphabet, and I am the last letter of the alphabet. I am the beginning. I am the ending, saith the Lord, and I am everything in between. Come on. If you want to know who's in control in the earth, it's not Satan. It's not the prince of, and the power of the air. It's not the principality and spiritual wickedness in high places in Cambridge, but it's the Lord Almighty. It's Jesus Christ. He's in power. He's in authority. He's in control. Clap your hands to the Lord if you believe that. Amen. And the word was made flesh, John 1 and 14, and we beheld his glory. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. If the Word was God, come on, then God became flesh. Come on, somebody. Amen. He became flesh. Jesus Christ is known as the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. Amen. But he's only known as the Son of God because he had a fleshly body. Come on. He, he, he was born through the womb of a woman. Amen. Uh, through the process of Adam and Eve lost sonship in the garden. So in order to, to restore sonship, Jesus, God, had to take on the form of a man, live as a man, die as a man, live a sinless life, overcome every principality, every power, every temptation, every every spirit, every every demon, every every trick of hell, every spirit of darkness, and triumph over it in resurrecting from the dead. Amen. Jesus had to come and live a sinless life so that he could buy us back with him 
his blood. I want to tell you tonight, the only reason we have hope is because of what Jesus has done. The only reason we have power is because of what he has done. The only reason we have what we have is because of him. Amen. It's through the actions of Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh, that we have access to the word. The Bible tells us that we are, we are all baptized into one body. Amen. What body is that? The body of Christ. Amen. When we are baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. Buried with him in baptism. We are buried with him in his death. Amen. And then when we are raised up out of the water and out of the name of Jesus, we are raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. And then we are baptized into his body through the spirit of God. We are all made to drink of one spirit. Somebody say of one spirit. How many know that we are of one body and we've all been made to drink of one spirit? Amen. So in essence, if I am in Jesus Christ, I am in the word. If I am in Jesus Christ, if I have been baptized into his body, Amen. I'm in the plan. Come on. I'm part of the plan. This is not my plan. This is God's plan. Amen. God's plan is bigger than my plan. How many know God's plan is an eternal plan? Amen. And it's controlled by his word. Nothing happens without the word of God. Amen. Everything that takes place in our life should be because of the word of law. God, he said that which is not of faith or produced through faith is sin. And so if we're not living our lives according to God's word, every decision we make, every place we go, every word we speak, we step outside of the word of God and we begin to walk in ourselves, it's sin. And any time that we do that, it's important that you realize, hold on a minute, that wasn't God, that was me. I got to humble myself in repentance. He said, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But but I can't continue in sin. Amen. If I step outside of God's plan and into my own plan, I'm, I'm out on my, my, my own will, my own desire, where I want to go, what I want to do. I'm in dangerous territory, maybe. I step outside sometimes of the will of God, and God's got to do something to get me back in line. Jonah. Jonah had his own idea. He said, uh, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to them. They're going to repent. Jonah said, nah, I don't like those people. They deserve to die. Come on. You know what? If God, God deals with you to witness to somebody and you don't, you're telling God they deserve to die. I don't have time for that. That might be their only opportunity. Amen. And when Jonah decided he was going to exercise his own will, God said, okay, all right. He went down from uh, Joppa, right? Got on a boat. All of a sudden, <laughs> there was a big storm, wasn't there? And all the people on the boat, they're throwing everything off of value, trying to stay afloat. And Jonah says, hold on a minute, guys. It's me. Right? Get rid of me and all this is going to stop. Pastor Bounds preaches a message. Uh, who's on your boat? Amen. Because if Jonah's on your boat, you're going to have a rough life. Amen. Come on, if Jonah's on your boat, you're gonna, if you're going where Jonah's going, you're going to have a trouble because Jonah's operating against the will of God. 
Amen. He's a prophet unto the Lord. He don't have a right to exercise his own will and say, I'm not going there and I'm not doing that. Uh, he said, okay, Jonah, go ahead. You can go your own way. But there was a big storm that rose up. They threw him overboard because you got to get Jonah off your boat. And there was a big fish that swallowed him up. Three days and three nights in the belly of hell. That's the words. Three days and three nights in the belly of hell will do you a lot of good. How I many know three days and three nights in the belly of hell, there's some soul searching going on? Right? Wow, how'd I end up here? Just yesterday, I felt the call of God. And now I'm in this darkness. Amen. Three days and three nights in the belly of hell will teach you some very valuable lessons. It should. How many know in, inside the fish, Jonah began to repent? This is not my plan. My life's not my own, Lord. I'm sorry. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. I don't have the right to exercise my own will. I'll go. I'll do it. How many know that the moment he made a change, he had a change of heart, that the fish had a... Notice how whenever Jonah got a change of heart, that fish got some orders from God. He didn't do that on his own. How many know that was the word of God over Jonah's life? Amen. I believe there's some Jonas out there that the fish is going to regurgitate on our doorstep and they're going to stumble in here and they're going to get the Holy Ghost back. They're going to get repentance and they're going to preach the gospel. I believe that. I do, because when the, when the word of God has been spoken over your life, there's no place you can run to. There's no place you can hide. He'll send you to the belly of hell. But the moment you repent, that word is going to take root again. That calling is going to begin to pull on you again. His failure didn't end the call of God on his life, but in fact, it gave him a desire to go exactly where God was calling him to go. He went to Nineveh, preached the word. The whole city repented. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. It's not that good. <laughs> Just teasing. Amen. How many know that, that, that uh, you got to get away from people that are going the wrong way? Come on, you got to get away from people that are doing the wrong thing. You got to get off that vessel. If you're if you're in cahoots with it, you're going to be right in the storm, in the middle of that mess, right with those people that are going against the will of God. Turn yourself unto the Lord and say, you know what? I'm going to get off that boat and I'm going to get on a boat where people are believing for the miraculous, where people are going the way that God wants them to go. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Preaching my heart out. Amen. Paul was uh, on a boat headed to Italy. Got on the boat to go. Uh, he was a prisoner. Amen. If you read chapter 26, you get a little better context of what's going on in the story. Amen. But Paul was a prisoner to the people that were taking him to Rome. Amen. He was a, a prisoner on the ship that he was on. It, it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't necessarily his vessel. And so uh, Paul gave them some uh, words of wisdom. He said, I perceive that uh, if we go forward, um, we're going to be in trouble. Amen. How many know you can perceive things without God telling you? Sometimes some of us need to pray for better perception. Help me, God, help me to perceive. Help me to understand. Help me to look at situations and, and know the right thing, what's good or bad. Come on. How many know Paul perceived that it was bad because he'd been on ships before? 
Amen. No doubt he probably sailed at that time of year. He was a missionary going all around those parts, all around the world, the known world at that time. But but he gave he perceived that it was a it was a bad time to be in the boat, but they they made up their minds that they were going to go anyway. Amen. And they got out on the ocean and they found out that it was more than they can stand. Amen. They bit off more than they could chew. Amen. They got themselves in a situation that they didn't have power over. Amen. The storm was so great that they couldn't overcome it. Amen. And they even got to the point where the storm was so great they couldn't control the ship. They just kind of let the ship run. Amen. They just let it run. They just let it go wherever the storm was going to take it. Amen. Sometimes, how many know that we get in storms of life and we can't determine where we're going to end up or where we're going to go or what this is going to cause and we just hold on. Amen. They were in a position where they couldn't control their course. They weren't charting the course anymore. They were going where the storm was taking them. Amen. Now to us, we would say, man, that's out of control, right? Because we want to know where we're going. We, we want to know that we're on course. We want to know that, that tomorrow we're going to arrive at the port in Rome and, and, and my family's going to be there to meet me and everything's just going to be dandy, amen. But, but sometimes in life we get on a boat or a trip where we don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where it's going to lead us. We don't know where it's going to go. And we think that our life is out of control. But I came here tonight to preach to you that sometimes when the storm is taking you where you don't know, God is in control the whole time. Amen. Sometimes uh, when the boat is out of control and you're just letting it run and wherever it turns out, uh, that's where I'm going to end up. Uh, throw our hands up and say, Lord, it's in your hands. You're in control of this. I'm not in control anymore. And where I end up, that's where I end up. Paul began to get worried. The Bible says that he got by himself. He got away from the rest of the crew. Help me know he went to pray. He went to find a place with the Lord. Amen. Because he began to see what was about to take place or what was happening. And how many know that when some when life sometimes is out of control and you don't know what to do, you need to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. You need to call on God. He got by himself and, and he began to pray. Amen. The Bible says that everybody had gotten to the place where they had given up hope. How many know that when you get to the place where you've given up, that's a bad place to be. Amen. In a place of hopelessness. In a place that I'm never going to arrive at the destination of where I'm supposed to go. They had given up hope of ever surviving this storm. Amen. I'm not going to survive. Uh, we're not going to make it through. They, they've, they've resigned to the fact that it's over. This is going to be the end of me. This is going to be the end of this. This is going to be the end. I've given up hope. I'm lost. I'm going to be lost at sea. We're not going to make it. I'm just going to have to get used to the fact that that's the reality of my life. But how many know in the darkest moments of our lives that God's word will prevail, that God's word still stands, and he hasn't forgot his purpose. He hasn't forgot his plan just because we don't know where we're at or where we're going or we're not able to navigate through the rough waters just because it seems like the boat's out of control and all is lost doesn't mean that God is not in control. Somebody needs to get some hope tonight and realize if you have a word from the Lord, that's all you 
you need. If you have a word from God, that is all you need. Amen. Paul stepped up to the crew and he said, hey, y'all are pretty down. Y'all are pretty scared. First of all, we shouldn't have left Crete. <laughs> Come on. First of all, we shouldn't even be on this journey. How many's ever done that? <laughs> One bad mistake after another, and you look back and you say, well, I shouldn't have done that. Hindsight's 2020. I shouldn't have left that church. Come on. Amen. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have done this. Amen. I, 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 sh I shouldn't have uh, married that person. Amen. Come on. I, I shouldn't have. Uh, I shouldn't have taken that job. Amen. I, I probably should have prayed a little longer about that. I probably should have sought the Lord a little more about that. Let me tell you, don't make big decisions without getting a word from God. Amen. And if you're praying about something and God hasn't answered you and given you a word about it, you need to sit still and wait on him. Come on, you need to sit still and wait on the Lord to speak. I need his word over my life. I need his confirmation. I need to know that I'm heading in the direction of his plan for my life because I can mess it all up by taking the wrong trip and doing the wrong thing. Come on, I can mess it up by, by moving outside of God's will and outside of God's timing and doing it my way. Amen. If before you make big decisions, switch jobs, relationships, come on, leave church. Uh, uh, move away from Ohio and move to a place uh, that you don't know. You better be seeking God about those things. Uh, and you better be hearing from your pastor. Amen. Amen. We got we to gotta get sound counsel. How many know the Bible says without counsel, the people fall? Amen. In a multitude of counsel, there's safety. There's protection. Amen. The church is not just here so we can come, gather together, jump and shout, hear a little bit of preaching, feel the presence of God and go home. No, no, no. We're trying to live right. We're trying to walk the path that God has laid out for us. We're trying to walk the word of God out in our lives. Amen. We're not playing games. We're not playing church. I'm trying to make it to heaven. And I can't make it to heaven by doing it my own way. He says, I exhort you to be a good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. <laughs> that brings me comfort. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Okay? But be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Amen. Paul had a word from God that he was going to go before Caesar. He knew it. Amen. He knew that he was bound for Rome. He knew that, that he was a prisoner of the Lord. How many know he called himself a prisoner of the Lord? 
Amen. A prisoner, every when he would write his 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 letters, a prisoner, I I Paul, the prisoner of the Lord. Amen. Why? I'm a prisoner, not 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 because I, I don't want to go, but I'm a prisoner to the will of God. Amen. I don't go where I want to go and do what I want to do. I, I I go where God says, I do what God says because it's his will, it's his word, and it's his plan. Amen. And as long as I stay inside his will, then the word of God will prevail in my life. Come on. The the protection of the Lord will prevail. If I'm serving him and going with him, I can be rest assured that wherever I go, whomever I'm with, whatever storm I may be in the middle of, that God is there with me. I have the purpose and the plan of God on my life. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by the size of the waves. I'm not moved by the storm and the power of the wind because God has a plan for my life. And he's going to preserve me. He will preserve me. Amen. God's purpose will be preserved. Amen. How many know the storm got worse? When God gives you a word. Pastor Brown's told me this a while back, a couple years ago. When God gives you a word, you're going to need it. Amen. Why? You're, go you're going to need to put faith in that word at some point. When God speaks you a word, that word is going to be contrary to everything that you're seeing. And everything that you're feeling. Amen. Everything that you're experiencing in your life. Is going to be contrary to what the word said. Amen. Because the only power the enemy has is to change your circumstances. Come on. It's to change the people around you. It's to alter the things that he has control over. He can't control the word of God coming to pass in your life, but he can try to get you to give up on it. Amen. He can try to get you to let go of it. He can try to get you to back down from it and not claim it and declare it in your life. But I'm preaching tonight to people who need some faith. They need to rise up and say, you know what? God has given me a word and I'm not going to back down from it. I know it don't look like like it's going to come to pass. I know it's going to look like it's going to die, but God's word will prevail. Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord for he's worthy to be praised. His word will come to pass. It's going to happen. Bank on it. Claim it. Praise him for it. It will happen. Hmm. It'll happen. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I'm almost done. The storm got worse. Because sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And when the purpose and the favor of God's on something, the enemy's going to do everything he can to try to stomp it out. And keep it from happening. Amen. But they had a word from the Lord. Nobody's going to die. Just the ship's going to be lost. How many know the ship? The, the ship is the vessel that they're sailing in. So if the ship's lost, how am I going to be saved? Right? No doubt they were asking the question. The ship's going, going to be, we're going to lose the ship. At some point, we're going to be separated from the ship. But we're going to be all right. Because God's more concerned about your soul and your life than he is about the things that are connected to you. He's more concerned about our soul than, than our jobs. Come on. Than our houses. Than our buildings. The things that we hold dear that are earthly things. Amen. You're going to lose something. 
I'm, I'm going to tell somebody tonight, you're going to lose some, something. But your life's going to be saved. It's a word from the Lord. We can feel that. God's going to separate you from something so you can have something else. They ran the ship aground. I'm not going to go through all the details. They all began to bail. The waves are beating the ship and tearing it to pieces. The one guy gave command, shoot the prisoners. Yeah. But the centurion said, no, 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 no. Why? It says in there because he, he was protecting Paul's life. All those other prisoners were saved because of Paul's purpose. Young people, you need to connect yourself to people that have purpose in their lives. Amen. People that have a plan of God in their lives. Amen. People that are following God's will and doing because there's favor upon people. And it will protect you in a lot of places. Even when you don't know what's about to happen, just because there's purpose on your life or the lives of people that are around you, God will preserve you. Amen. It's so important. So important. Picture it with me, if you will. They're swimming. They're doing everything they can. There's some, there's some land. Land ho! I've never been on a big ship. I know. Always wanted to say that. Land ho! Land ho! Quit picking on me. They're doing everything they can to get their feet back on solid ground. Some of them are swimming. Some of them are holding on to broken pieces of the ship. Floating. Doing everything they can to try to keep their head above the water. Come on, to en endure the storm and to make it to the place where they can feel that ground under their feet again because that means stability. That means that their life is preserved. That means that they made it. And it might be a little while before you feel like you made it and you feel like you're free from the storm. But it's coming. Amen. There's going to be a day when you're going to look back. And you're going to say, it had to happen that way. It had to be that way. It was painful. It was fearful. It was hard. But it got me where I needed to be. Little did Paul know that he was going to wash up on an island where they needed him. Amen. He washed up on the island of Melita. Amen. How many, if you read on, it's an awesome story. If you, if you read on in the story, you begin to see what the things that happened to Paul and the things that were were done by his hands on that island. The healings and miracles that took place because his ship was wrecked. But it was wrecked with purpose. God just don't wreck ships for any reason. He don't allow it to happen just for any reason at all. But when there's purpose... Amen. When there's purpose, his purpose will come to pass. They wash up on the shore and, and 
Immediately they start building a fire. I mean, this story just goes on. Uh, they start they start building a fire on the island. And he's gathering some wood and some brush to stoke that fire. Because we want a fire burner. How many want a fire burner? There needs to be a fire in Cambridge. Amen. He's gathered together sticks and brush, and he goes to throw it on the fire, and guess what? A viper jumps up, bites him on the hand. Right in front of everybody. Everybody sees it. It's just hanging there. He's like, huh. That's a pretty big snake. Shakes it off in the fire. Because the vipers will try to bite you when you're stoking the fire. You know, they only bite people that stoke the fire. You ever notice that? You know, you know that snakes only try to bite the people that are trying to stir up revival? Amen. If you're praying and you're seeking God and you're throwing wood on the fire, you're the only one that's available to be bitten. Amen. Because the snakes hang out by the fire. Everybody's sitting around watching. They're not the ones going to be bit. It's going to be you. Man, that's a word for somebody. I don't know. Uh, how many know they're not going to slander the person that's just sitting by watching? They're going to try to slander the person that's stoking the, the fire. Amen. It's throwing something on the fire. He shook it off in the fire and just went on about his business. All the people were sitting there like. Any time now. Waiting for him to swell up. Waiting for him to just fall out. Amen. That viper's poisonous. I know that snake. That's poisonous. That's going to kill him. Amen. He can't survive that. There ain't no way he can survive that attack. Amen. Guess what? Amen. Guess what? When the purpose of God's on your life, it overrides any type of viper. It overrides slander. It overrides poison. It overrides it. It overrides every other plan. It overrides every plan that the enemy has in his book. It cannot trump the plan of God. Amen. No matter what he tried to do to keep Paul from preaching to those people on that island, they could not stop the purpose of God. And I want to tell you tonight, if you've got a word over your life, if you've got a word over your family, if you've got a word over your ministry, no devil in hell can stop it. Uh, no viper can keep it from happening. I don't care what they say, what they do, what kind of storm comes against you. It will not prevail. It cannot prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the plan and the purpose of God. There's a prophetic word over this church and the people in it, and it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Stand to your feet all around the building. I'm done. I got one more scripture. Isaiah 46, verse Holy Ghost. Remember the former things of old. For I am God. And there is none else. I am God. And there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand 
And I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. There are things that he has spoken in the days of old that have not come to pass yet. But guess what? It's going to come to pass. There's revivals that's been prophesied that haven't come to pass yet. Guess what? It's going to come to pass. There are loved ones that have been prophesied that they're going to be saved and it hasn't happened yet. Guess what? It's going to come to pass. Because when God speaks, nothing can keep it from happening. Somebody say, it shall come to pass. The value of a word, when you have a word from God, you have eternity. That word is not just for now, that's an eternal word that has no end. If it came out of God's word, it's exactly like the word that he spoke in the beginning that produced the earth and all that's therein. Come on. It's the same word. How many believe that? You can put faith in it. Amen. That if he spoke it, if it was uttered from the voice of God, take comfort in this scripture tonight. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Amen. If you're trying to get somebody to believe something, you say, I swear to God. Right? Because there's nothing greater than God. And in order to get them to believe that you're telling them the truth, you swear by the greatest thing that you can swear by. And when God was trying to convince Abraham, he swore by himself, I will do it. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which is within the veil, which is that which is beyond flesh. It's anchored in the eternal. It's anchored in the heavens. I don't hope and trust in that which I can see. I trust in God's word because it's an anchor. It'll hold fast in the middle of a storm. If you need comfort tonight, if you need strength, come on, if you need your faith to be increased, I wonder if you could find a place to pray around this altar and call on the name of the Lord and declare the victory of God's word in your life. I'm not going to believe the lies that the enemy told me. I'm not going to believe the lies. I'm not going to believe the voice of the storm. I'm not going to believe the voice of circumstance. I'm not going to believe the voice of all the things that I see and are changeable and are moving around me. I'm going to believe the word of God that's been spoken the eternal word it will not return void it will accomplish that which you've sent it unto in the name of Jesus
Come on, as we begin to sing, why don't you pray? Why don't you call in the name of the Lord tonight? God, give me the faith. Lord, if you need a word from God, if you're facing things that you don't know how to get out of, you need to connect yourself to purpose. Connect yourself to people of purpose. Connect yourself to God's word. Search his word. Search for it like hid treasure. Search for it. Ask him to speak to you. He'll speak to you. He'll give you a word in a dark hour. His word will be like a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. His word will lead you and guide you. Amen. It's not over yet. Yeah, there might be some collateral damage. There might be some things that are lost. There might be some things that you'll never be able to go back to. But God's got purpose waiting for you. And that's more valuable than anything this world has to offer. Oh, you'll never be the same. You're going down a different road. You never would have chosen it. If God didn't do it, you wouldn't have picked it. If God didn't allow it, you wouldn't have chosen him. Oh, go with where you're at. Go with what God is doing, and the plan will come to fruition in your life. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.